Welcome to Body Matters Podcast, where we bring to you raw and inspiring content on all things to do with body positivity and eating disorder recovery. Welcome back to the Understanding Body Matters podcast. On this episode, we have a really special guest. I know I say that every time, but this one is with guest Jacqueline Byrne, who is a clinical psychotherapist and specialist in treatment of eating disorders, disordered eating and body image. So it was amazing to speak with her today on a really important topic we have wanted to cover for quite some time, which is how parents can help avoid body dissatisfaction in kids. Now, this is a massive, massive topic and we thought who better to bring in than Jacqueline because she is so experienced in this area. So we hope that you were able to learn one thing or another through this episode. It was really inspiring and really beneficial, I guess, from my end as well. So we hope you enjoyed and we'll see you in two weeks time. Hi, Jacqueline. Welcome to the Understanding Body Matters podcast. We're really excited to have you on board for an episode today. So thank you for joining us. Such a pleasure, Madison. I'm, I'm so thrilled to get the opportunity to talk with you guys and you do such incredible work at Body Matters and um, help many people in the different realms of what the service offers. So it's a delight to get to talk with you. I've been looking forward to it. Amazing. Perfect. Well, we couldn't do it without you, to be honest, because you have a specialty in eating disorders and disordered eating. So we really wanted to bring you on board to touch on how parents can help avoid body dissatisfaction in kids. Um, I know a number of our clients and our waiting list is for adolescents, unfortunately. Um, So I guess we wanted to bring you on to help parents understand how they can, I guess, better support their children whilst they grow up because there are so many outside factors like social media and stuff that play a massive role in distorting people's ideal picture of body image and what that does mean. So Yeah, we're very excited to speak with you today. It's an incredibly important topic and I'm really looking forward to unpacking that more today as well and trying to resource parents that are finding it difficult to access more Mm -hmm. specialised treatment attuned to their particular circumstance and just upskill anyone wherever possible because the the more that we are informed and supported, the better we can support our loved ones. Absolutely. I guess to start off with, why don't you introduce yourself for those who may not know who you are? Of course. Well, my name is Jacqueline Byrne. I'm a clinical psychotherapist specializing in eating disorders. And I work with a a framework called narrative therapy, which um, has a particular interest in the use of language and storying of our experience. My um, my earlier life was in the study of English literature and I was um, on a trajectory to working towards um, working as an English academic and I, um, I did postgraduate study looking at fairy tales and um, folklore and really, really love that stuff, really, really have a fascination with it and um, writing and creative writing. But as, as life unfolded and um, took me in other directions, I came into um, psychotherapy and, and studying mental health and began to specialise in eating disorders. I was the clinical manager of the Butterfly Foundation for several years and have had many exciting opportunities in my career to contribute to this space. And it was a delight when I came across narrative therapy, I was able to, to him 
the focus of um, stories and understanding of language in the eating disorder area particularly. So I've done additional research in qualitative experience of people with eating disorders that looks at that um, as a particular focus in how they voice their experience. Amazing. Well, it does sound like you have lots of years of experience. I know that eating disorders is it's becoming, although it was prevalent, I feel like it's more and more prevalent these days. Um, and people are starting to openly speak about it, which I think we do need to start normalizing, but we're getting into the the right path, I think, slowly but surely. Absolutely. Well, I guess we do ask each guest when they do come on our episodes and podcasts, a high and low of their week. So did you have a high and low that you were happy to share with us? That's a lovely question. Um, yes, two things come to mind. And the high would be I went to this farm um, experience with my two children earlier in the week. That was really lovely. We got to um, pet little ducks and, and chickens and bunnies and um, do pony rides. And it was lots of fun. So I think that was the first thing that came to mind as the highlight of my week. And the low light would be um, we were affected in my, my new practice. Um, I'm opening in Pimble in Sydney was affected by the recent flooding in Sydney. And it's just been a um, bureaucratic nightmare to move things along in, in just amending that. So I think some of those moments would be my, my low lights. Well, I'm sorry to hear. Is it slowly starting to get better again? We will get there, yes. Um, very thankfully, all insured. It's just a matter of um, getting things moving. And, and so many homes in Sydney were affected that it's, mm. it's just a slow process to, to get through that. But it will, it will come through. Oh, I can imagine the process will probably be really, really long, which is unfortunate. But, I mean, if there's anything that we can do, please do reach out because I know many people were impacted, but it's never easy regardless of the situation as well. Thank you, Madison. I appreciate that. Well, I guess we'll just dive straight on in. So I guess as a starting point, I thought it'd be good to discuss what signs, what are the signs of body dissatisfaction for, I guess, parents or carers to pick up on when this they do start to notice these little changes? I think what what comes to mind is really important in this part of the conversation is to be so conscious of how our society normalizes body image dissatisfaction. And I do think we've come in leaps and bounds in this um, in recent years. However, it's still really common for it to become a, a me too conversation or just to not be particularly noticeable amongst the, the pool of common experience that their peers might be having and, and what's showing up in the world around us. So any, any disparaging comments about body or language that indicates a separation of body from one sense of self, which could just quite simply be talking about their body like an object and talking about parts of their body as quite separate and criticising that, maybe not particularly in um, harsh language, because if, if it is stronger language, it's probably easier to notice that and, and be aware of that being something important to respond to. Mm. But I think we have got to come from 
actually having a really high bar of what we're hopeful for in our young people and their relationships with their bodies and addressing anything that falls under that rather than waiting for it to escalate. Definitely. I know it would be hard really to find or figure out what that fine line is between whether they are developing an eating disorder or not. Um, It's probably a very broad and hard question to answer, but at what stage should parents be concerned and feel like they need to take that additional support for their child? So I'm so glad you asked that question, Madison, because I think we can fall into a bit of a trap of not validating something as requiring of support until it's clinically relevant but of course we know statistically that once something is clinically relevant it's going to be a much trickier journey and and take longer and early intervention is the the most helpful thing we could be aiming for it's the best remedy is to not get all the way there and so I would actually say anything is a is a point to respond to and, and what that response um, would be would be different and I'll, I'll talk through that in a bit more detail but again with that idea of let's come into this um, really hopeful for what is possible for our young people to experience in their body their relationship with food and their relationship with themselves and if things are outside of that it's deserving of concern um, in, in terms of concern being maybe catalyst to response and catalyst to resourcing that person and offering them more support in various ways before it gets anywhere. I wouldn't be waiting for that to move anywhere along the trajectory before intervention. So those really earlier signs, which might just be talking negatively about self before it's even about body or indicating that someone feels isolated or lonely in their social experiences or that they experience their body in a frustrating way or feel excluded from anything because of their body, even even something like particular clothing they don't feel like they can wear because their body size or shape doesn't suit um, what what is in fashion and they've they've self-confirmed that or that has been suggested to them by an external party or they don't feel strong enough to do something in particular or have enough energy to do something in particular. And it might not even be in that presumed um, body image dissatisfaction narrative that we're quite familiar with of being, I don't like my stomach or I feel too big. It could be something like I don't have as much energy as my friends or I just don't, I don't look like them. They've all got this certain type of hair and I don't like the way my hair is. Mm. Anything that has that flavor at all, I would be wanting to really attune to that. And I think that's, um, that simply means letting ourselves become sensitive enough to pick up on what they are feeling and, and feel that with them enough to um, feel like we're actually really clear on what they're going through and what they, where they're coming from. And it, it might, it might be a conversation that's offered. It might be offering whether any other types of conversations or supports would be helpful that might be um, encouraging them to talk to a family friend or a trusted teacher or a school counsellor or it could be offering a talk with an eating disorder specialist or even say a 
call with someone like the Butterfly Foundation and just really normalizing conversation about anything that we mm. struggle with, which is also going to be such a protective factor in mental health generally. Um, and then if, if there were some stronger language, there was some stronger language coming through from them, things that they were being more critical about in a heightened way, I would be increasingly encouraging some of those that the point here under that spectrum of offering more clinical intervention and trying to get that happening. But in truth, most people, if they are at risk of it, developing an eating disorder, don't feel particularly motivated to have treatment for it. So a similar premise could still be really helpful in just sowing those seeds and getting those ideas begun. But hopefully we've, we've been able to do that before it's reached the point here. And Absolutely. And I will say it's probably very easy for parents to brush off small little conversations like that where they feel like it may not be as serious as it probably is, which I think is a, it makes it a lot harder for when that child may need or has access to treatment and it might be that, that little point too late where it's going to be a lot harder for their recovery journey. Um, but yeah, I think especially creating those healthy relationships about talking openly about how you're feeling, I think it makes a massive difference when kids do start to feel a little bit different in their body. And as they grow, it makes a massive difference in them understanding why, I guess. For sure. And I think that you know, two things in what you've just said um, feel really important. And one is the in the brush off can be our own desensitization to the comments because of diet culture, because mm. it, we've been so overexposed to body criticism and bodies being torn apart in the media and when someone says a, a comment that might be actually much, much softer than most of those things, we, our alarm bells really don't go off. So I think part of it is becoming more immersed in an understanding of what diet culture is and really examining your own relationship with that because anybody that has grown up in Western society or lived in um, Western society for any length of time has a relationship with diet culture. You, you can't not be affected by it. So becoming really clear on what that looks like for you and maybe what you've swallowed whole from that without examination, without um, pulling it apart and actually understanding how that's influencing your thinking and how it's skewing your biases and how you see the world with the bodies and the children's bodies. And then also what you tapped on with that development of relationship, um, it's probably probably most of the people listening to this have children that are out of primary school years, but it really is so important to have that security of attachment right from day one in responding with kindness and validating emotions and it's never too late to do that if we feel like we got off to a rocky start or we just didn't come across the information that we needed or we were misinformed when our kids are younger that's nobody's fault and there is likely still so much goodness that outweighs anything we would have done differently if we could mm -hmm. but for those that still have an opportunity to um, respond at the very early stages really practicing listening to children's voices right from 
when they first have them, even before they're verbal, taking their feelings really seriously, really honouring their perspective of the world, even if to us it's usually out of proportion or it um, doesn't make any sense or it's frustrating or it's silly, really trying to practise that being a conduit that they can trust and they, they feel they're secure because, you know, what I, what I often hear clinically is that younger people won't go to their parents if they feel like they're going to be dismissed or shut down or judged. And that includes the like toxic positivity thing as well. So feeling like, you know, mum, I feel, I feel really big. I don't like my body. Being told, be so beautiful, honey. It's, there's got nothing to worry about. You're fine. Don't feel like that. Don't, um, you know, we're positive. Let's be positive about it. It's so well intended, but it can have that similar effect of not being, not being heard. And a theme that's often, I think, really under under understood in eating disorders is the theme of voice of often if it does become an eating disorder the eating disorder itself becomes a voice of how that person's feeling and maybe the only way they know her whole boundaries the only way they know to show their pain or or deal with feelings that they don't otherwise have a way of communicating because that that voice component maybe wasn't able to be where it could have been earlier on so just being super conscious of that and, and as you said earlier as well medicine there's so many factors out of our control mm-hmm. and how that's responded to within the school system extended family social media we we don't have a lot of input in but in our relationship with them we can um, really hone in on that I think is this one piece that's very valuable absolutely well, I guess it kind of links into my next one I guess when parents do approach their children but also as the children grow up which I think language is a massive one Um, whether they I guess understand how impactful ways they speak about food can have on children's idea of food growing up I think it is a massive massive factor in body dissatisfaction but I guess what impact does certain language and words um, have on kids body image when they are growing up Huge, 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 huge. And one of the best gifts you can give your child at any point, including if they're adults, is to to be doing your own work with your relationship with yourself, with your body, again, appreciating um, the impact diet culture has had on you. And I, I can't emphasize enough that this is not from a place of um blame and it's also really unhelpful to go into that like of oneself as a parent is also demonstrating a a dynamic that could be really unhelpful to our child because it's just normalizing that too it's normalizing the guilt it's offering a bridge into those sorts of responses being being okay or being like the go-to when something's been difficult so the more self-compassion self-forgiveness you can have around things that you're learning and growing through then the uptake of that will be more accessible for children but certainly you know we know the the same sex parent has an incredible impact on um, all of us from attachment theory and the we tend to we tend to internalize those 
the scaffolding of um, our predominant parents' meaning making of the world and then maybe um, there's a slightly different way we we respond to um, the opposite sex parent or a parent that wasn't the primary carer in our upbringing where we can also very much take in those ideas to want to impress and want to um, lure and be valuable in their eyes. So being conscious that, to put it simply, you know, the way that we see food in our bodies is the most likely the most likely experience that will be downloaded by the next generation. So we can, we can have all the anti-diet culture paraphernalia, we can be um, doing all the work and that has certainly so much value. But if our internal dialogue is exceptional for us in that you know, we're still going to go away and try, to, try and keep our weight at a certain point or try and meet certain criteria because that's a preference to us, it will be that that's so much more impactful than um, the rhetoric around it. So being being really real with that, and I, I want I want this conversation to be genuinely helpful for people listening, and I want to be really honest about my understanding of what can be most helpful in preventing and remedying a loved one going through body image distress, disordered eating or an eating disorder. And I think understanding that and taking as much responsibility as you can for your own work with that is one of the most profound things you can do. Absolutely. It is a big one as well. I know we did dive into this through this whole episode, but what would be your top tips for parents avoiding body dissatisfaction in their kids? Mm. Certainly um, those points we have touched on with being really conscious of what you're role modeling and what you allow into your home, including conversations that you permit other people to have in your home um, about bodies and food. In addition to that, really representing diversity where that's possible and um, showing appreciation for different bodies existing in different ways, having equal value. And opening up conversation, it might even be that you're watching a TV show together and a comment's made on a TV show or their children are in the back seat with their friends and you overhear part of a conversation and later just tapping back into that and saying, so if it's someone to say that about a body, how do you feel when you hear someone talk about their body like that? Have you ever had a thought like that? I think um, there can still be this hangover a little bit like there used to be with sex education, that if we talk about it, it's going to make it worse. And if they weren't having body image dissatisfaction or disordered eating, we bring it up, maybe we give them the idea but if it's done in a safe way and um, there's so many resources in which you can further understand what a safe way would be, that's certainly not going to be the case. It's, it's very much a preventative measure to talk about these things um, before that first red flags even emerged. Mm. Definitely. I think it's, there's so many ways parents are able to help their kids, especially in the early stages, which I think is becoming more normal these days. I know when I was growing up, it wasn't really ever spoken about. It was just kind of brushed off or not, I guess, as prevalent as it would be now. But I guess those topic, those points and to- topics that you have brought up are massive, massive points, especially language, which I think plays a massive role in the way kids view their body and body image growing up. But uh, yeah, so it was definitely inspiring. I feel like all parents listening will be able to help be, 
be able to have assistance in one way or another. But I guess my final question to you would be, where can people find you if they are wanting to look you up? I would, I would so genuinely love to um, connect with anyone that has any questions or would like to talk more um, after listening today. And you can find me on my website, which is wingsandquill.com. Um, my email is Jacqueline at wingsandquill.com. I'm quite active on social media, um, especially Instagram, wings underscore and underscore quill or Facebook forward slash wings and quill. Amazing. And I will link all of those in the description box below just so it is easily accessible. But thank you so much for joining us this morning. It's been amazing speaking with you. And I myself has definitely learned something through this episode about how parents are able to help um, improve body dissatisfaction in their kids. But it's been amazing speaking with you and thank you for joining us today. Such a pleasure, Madison. Thank you so much for having me. Now that was our episode with Jacqueline. We hope that you did enjoy this episode. Now we know there are so many number of topics that can be included for parents around supporting their child with a loved one. So if you did have a topic you would love covered, please send us an email at podcast at bodymatters.com.au. Um, we do also have a program programs available, sorry, called Support Wise, which do help parents and carers understand how they can better support their loved one during eating disorder recovery. So you can find that at www.supportwise.com.au and we will leave, leave all of those links in the down bar below, which you can easily check out. But other than that, we hope that you enjoyed. And if you do have any reviews or topics that you would love covered, please let us know. And we will see you in two weeks time.